Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. And man, if you were here last week, we had a time, didn't we? My goodness. And so one of the things among many that we talked about last week is that there is a call upon your life. Say, there's a call upon my life. Then we shared that there's a path for your life. Say, there's a path for my life. Then we said there is a way for you to live your life. Say, there's a way for me to live my life. And so when you understand that there's a call upon your life, there's a path for you to live, and there's a way for you to live, one of the things we shared last week, that there are general things for you to do. There's a general call upon every Christian's life. There's a general path for every single Christian's life. There's a general way every Christian should live. But there are some unique and specific things that concern your path, that concern your call, that concern your way, that for you to get that, you need to get before God. And he will show you, as it tells us in John 16, he will show you things to come. And one of the things why we encourage you to pray that Ephesians 1 prayer, it brings clarity to your call. It brings insight to your call. And so let's start in Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to walk through some scriptures today. I don't have any specific notes for you today, but you're going to follow along with me. Starting in Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So when God made mankind, he created them in his image, right? What's the first thing he gave them? Dominion. Okay? We'll get into more on our midweek series talking about delegated authority and dominion. But one of the first things mankind was given was dominion. Say, God has given me dominion. That's why something irks you on the inside if somebody tries to oppress you. If a situation or a circumstance tries to oppress you because you were made for dominion. You were also made for the blessing. Well, how do you know that? It says that God blessed them and God said to them. So the first words mankind ever heard was the blessing. And what was the blessing they heard? Be blessed. And then he gives them instructions. The first words mankind ever heard were the blessing. And God is the most intentional being ever. The perfect will of God for all men of all time is the blessing. God wants you blessed. Say, God wants me blessed. Come on, say it like you believe. Say, God wants me blessed. Say, God has given me dominion. And I am the blessed. Let's keep going. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. 
Now, if you have to subdue some stuff, that means some stuff is about to pop off. Now, notice, this is before the fall. And God is letting them know there are things ahead of you that you're going to have to use your dominion and bring in order. Now, see, we got to think about this because when we think about, you know, how man was created and we think about the Garden of Eden, we think, oh, the whole planet was a garden. That's untrue. There are two areas on the planet this time. There's the Garden of Eden and there's the field. Now, it wasn't a small garden like you have in your backyard. That's not what they're living in. The Garden of Eden, when you studied out, covered parts of northern Africa, parts of the Middle East, stretching up through the Middle East. It is a large area. But the rest of the world was considered the field. So what was Adam's instructions? Fill the planet. And when you get out of the boundaries of the garden, you'll realize there are some things you need to subdue. So subdue it and have dominion. Now, notice this dominion is not a one-minute thing. It's not a simple exercise of authority for one second. It is a consistent application of your authority. Think about kingdom. It's a king's dominion, right? You don't have a kingdom just because you had power one day. Say, I have dominion. But I must consistently exercise my authority. Because if you don't, you will be dominated. You must use your dominion. You must use your authority. Because you are the blessed. And you have dominion. And this was instructions to mankind before the fall. How much more do you know you need to use your authority and dominion after the fall? Let's keep going. Look at the next thing God gave mankind. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree and which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. So what did God give mankind next? Seed. You said food. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause. Seed. Notice how God said, I've given you every herb-bearing seed. Then he talked about food. So after the blessing, after dominion, after instructions, what did he give them next? Seed. Now, I want you to know something. Go to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, wait a minute. This is out of the ground. God made the trees grow, right? So that lets you know seed was already in the ground. You look a couple days earlier, God had already planted all these things, right? So mankind steps in on day one into a place of harvest. The first food Adam and Eve ate, did they have to, make, did they have to grow it? It was already there. God placed mankind at the beginning in a place of harvest. 
a place of abundance, a place where they're going to reap the reward off of somebody else's work. And so some of you might have just got saved yesterday. You say, well, I haven't had time to sow seed for something good to happen in my life. Out of the goodness of God, on day one, you start with harvest. On day one. But notice they were still given seed. Why? Because there's something more than day one. If they really were to fulfill the assignment of subdue and have dominion, it's going to take planting some more seed throughout the earth. He planted a garden. He granted them harvest. And then he put them in there. You get down a few verses later to dress it and to keep it or to tend to it and to guard it. If you have to guard something, that means somebody's going to try to get in and take it. Or hint, hint, snake is coming. Get ready, bruh. Come on. The enemy still works the same way. And so if you don't use your dominion, if you do not use your authority, that same serpent will take what you got. He'll come the same way too. Did God really say? He may not say those words, but he'll say de deconstruct. Or that doesn't apply for today. He'll figure out whatever way you talk and make it sound like you. Whether it has to be a thought, an Instagram reel, somebody's tweet, however he has to, to get you to listen to it. Because today we're going to talk about the wisdom of sowing. Because there are things sown into your mind that still seed. The things you watch, the things you listen to, it's seed. See, one of the things we'll cover today is that throughout the Bible, God compares a lot of things to seed. He talked, Jesus, we talked about this on Resurrection Day, he called himself a seed. We see the Word of God compared to as a seed. The Word of God producing in your life compared to a seed. We see Paul talks about Giving finances as seed. Now, one of the reasons why, this is an agricultural society. But the prevailing way God uses the terminology to let us know that everything we do is connected to seed. And I want you to remember this phrase today. If you are not sowing, you do not have a strong expectation for your future. If you are not continuously sowing, you do not have a strong expectation for your future. It's like, why would you say that? Because sowing is a present act for a future result. I don't sow for today's sake. I sow with my future in mind. So if you are not continually sowing, you do not have a strong expectation for your future. If you are not continually sowing, you do not have a strong expectation for your future. Go to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. 
Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Notice what God tells Noah here. While the earth remains, is the earth still here? It's not your question. The earth's still here, right? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Is day and night still here? Is winter and summer still here? Is cold and heat still here? So, so is seed time and harvest. And notice how prevailing these things are. We see day and night all the time, right? Winter and summer. Well, in Georgia, sometimes we do see that every day too. Cold and heat. So just as strong as sea time and harvest. These are prevailing things in this world. And you have to understand that everything on this earth works by sea time and harvest. It's not karma. It's seed time and harvest. What you sow, you will reap. You know, we all know that scripture because we use the scripture for during offering time something. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over shall men give unto your bosom. We use it for finances because Jesus did not put a qualification on there. Because even before that, he's talking about mercy and forgiveness. So whatever you give is coming back. But the way of God, when you give right, he wants to multiply what comes back to you. Because think about another natural. One apple seed, if cared for, will produce an apple tree, which will produce multiple apples. Go with me to Genesis chapter 26. Look at verse 12. Now we're talking about Isaac here, blessed man of God, in a time of famine, in a time of shortage. You know, any time of famine, shortage, whatever is there costs a lot more. Sounds like inflation. And then now there's talk in our day of an upcoming recession, right? Don't look at me with those holy faces. You heard the same reports. It's inflation and recession, and what are we going to do? Let's look at Isaac. Then Isaac sold in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Now, the thing is, if this was just normal, why would you mean to mention this? Well, he had a good year of harvest. But there was more than normal. It wasn't just one apple seed produced one apple tree. It was a hundred apple trees. Notice what it says next. And the Lord blessed him. You think that big harvest was enough, but God says, I got some more for you. Go with me to Psalm 67. We're going to do a number of things today, but one of the things I'm going to do is help you get your mouth right. Because some of your talking has been atrocious in the sight of God. Psalm 67. Start with verse 5. 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. That's a good thing to do. Come on, let's do it. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Notice what it says next. Then. Say then. Come on, say then. Come on, say then. The earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Say, the earth shall yield her increase. So it's an inflation. Yep, but the earth shall yield her increase. But there's a recession. Yep, but the earth shall yield its increase. But what about the government? The earth shall yield its increase. But did you see the news? The earth shall yield its increase. That's what you say. See, one of the things on Strong about me this month has been in my heart. Because one of the things I like, I like innovation. I like innovators. I like studying the lives of innovators of past and present. And so one of the things that stirred in my heart about a month or two ago was about disruptive innovations that change industries, God ideas, concepts, and insights, stuff that I find really cool, like cool ideas, especially with technology. I just, I'm a techie person. I like tech. I really do. And so he was stirring me up about these ideas, but then he kind of let me know, I'm not giving them to you. I'm like, excuse me? I was like, what? what? I was like, I'm getting me excited about it, but not giving it to me. He's like, no, you're going to preach, and the people who listen are going to get them. So I'm going to do my job this month. And I expect to hear testimonies from you. He's like, man, you were preaching, and all of a sudden, I got this idea. See, I remember one of the professors, he was the provost of the university when I went, he said, I get my best ideas when I worship. He was a millionaire. I remember one time when I was in Argentina, one of the times we were just doing this simple business seminar, and a man went up to us and said, thank you all for what you share, because while y'all talk, God talked to me, and you guys just saved me six figures. See, what's important, yes, is what comes forth from this pulpit, but if you have ears to hear, God will talk to you in your heart, and you'll hear two messages at the same time. So I'm expecting you to get God ideas, concepts, and insights. I'm expecting for you to become innovative, that whatever career or call God has you in, you're taking a leap forward this month as you're investing in your call. The earth shall yield her increase. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Notice this principle. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting with verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil or trouble there will be on the earth. Keep going. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. 
and he who regards the clouds will not reap. You have to understand this, whether it's giving financially, investing into your future, into your calling, or any type of sowing, there will always be a reason for you not to sow. Always will reason. You're too tired. Well, there's a recession. There's, an infl there's inflation. This is happening. This is happening. There's going to be a reason for you not to sow. There's going to be a reason every day this month for you not to invest into your calling. There will be a reason, I'm telling you, whether you got little kids like me or whether your kids are all grown, there's going to be a reason for you not to invest. But if you're looking at all the atmosphere around you and the circumstances and situations, and if that is your focus, you will not sow. And what does that reveal? You value your distraction more than you value your future. How much do you value your future? John Osteen used to say, Pastor Joel Osteen's father used to say it this way, how strong is your want to? How strong is your want to? Are you easily distracted from your call? From the path God has for you? The way he's called you to live? So much they say, you know what? There's too much going on. I won't sell right now. You know, self-care. I believe in self-care. But if you don't sell now in the future, you're not going to have much of a self-care. And if you don't daily use your authority and walk in dominion, you will have no self-care. Because you can plan a whole day for self-care, and Satan will send whatever harassing spirit he can to get you off the path. And if you don't know how to use your authority and tell that thing to shut up and get out, you will have no self-care. So, yes, you should have self-care. You should manage that into your day every single day and figure out what do you need to experience the rest that God has for you. But don't let the enemy disrupt all your day. And so now that same moment that you have planned to invest in your calling is the only time you have left, and you choose because the pressure lifted to watch that TV show instead of invest. Understand this? Notice this, notice this, notice this, notice this. If your whole day is jacked up, and then you get to the part of your life where you're supposed to be pushing yourself forward, and all of a sudden, the pressure released because now you don't need the attack of the enemy, you have distraction. Pay attention to your life. See, he may not be able to get you to backslide, but he can get you to be contained. And if you're contained, you're not much of a threat. He who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. So what is the message here? Always sow. Keep sowing. I still remember ooh, over two decades ago, I was sitting in church. I believe I was 12, 13, somewhere around there. And I was sitting in church, and this is like my second service, third service of the day. Who knows? It was a lot of services back then. And just sitting there, and the offering bucket was going by. I had already given in the first service. And I was just going to let it go on by. And I sat next to my grandma on those dates, and she stopped the bucket. And literally, she said, 
She said, never let a bucket pass without you putting something in it. And then she quoted this. What did she teach me? Never miss an opportunity to sow. You see, I preach this way because not just because, oh, you're in a ministry, you're a pastor. No, I've been doing this way before I was a pastor. I've been sowing before I knew what sowing was. Come on, go into Sunday school, get a dollar in hand, put it in the bucket. I don't know what I was doing. I just know I need to put that money in the bucket. But what happened? Before I knew what it was, I was setting myself up for future harvest. It was the principle. And then watching my families on both sides of my family give generously to the cause of God throughout my life. And even times when I knew what style, you know, I'm the oldest child. You know, parents try to hold, hide things from their kids, but when you're the oldest, you kind of figure out your parents after a certain point. And I remember one time, I knew it was tight. But it never changed their giving. And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about being a blessing to others. I saw it throughout my life, and I saw it produce. And so part of, you know, I told my testimony last week of responding to the call of God. But also part of my testimony is always so. It's Ecclesiastes 11. You don't miss opportunities to sow. You sow towards your future. I remember in 2019, it was a year of abundant harvest, but I got hit so bad by the end of the year, it felt like I got nothing out of it. And I was upset. I was stressed. I was frustrated. You know, my wife tried to call me, hey, it's okay. Just imagine what would happen if we didn't have it. I said, yeah, but I still should have something to see at the end of the year. Come on, anybody ever been there? It's like, man, it was good, but dog, where'd it go? And so going into the next year, we had an opportunity to sow a big seed to us. For some of y'all, it's like, that's not a big seed, but for us, it was a big seed. And that's how we started our year. Now, it was 2020. We didn't know what was about to pop off, but we sowed. A couple months later, when we began to realize what's going on, we still don't know what's going to happen, but we realized the world is changing really quickly and the world is shutting down. And I was watching a conference online, and I had already given into the conference. And so my wife comes in the room where I am, and she hears what I'm listening to. She said, did you give yet? I said, yes. She goes back, so again. Why? Because we don't know what's about to happen over the next few months, but we do know enough to sow. We don't know what's going to happen in this nation or on this planet, but we do know enough that if we sow, the earth shall yield its increase. And guess what happened? All throughout 2020, God's supernatural kept coming through again and again and again throughout 2020 and 2021. And doors just started flying open. We didn't know what the future was going to look like, but we knew enough to sow. He said, well, I don't know what my future is going to look like. Know enough to sow. He said, well, I don't have any money to sow. Who said it was just money that you sow? Find something to sow. I remember Brother Copeland telling his testimony how he gave a pencil. It's all he had. And it wasn't like a brand new pencil. It kind of shriveled down, probably got some bite marks pencil. He's like, that's all I got. And so he said, he went, he put in the offering. He's like, well, I'm just going to believe God. And he said, before he walked out, someone chased him down. He said, the Lord has been bothering me all service about giving you some money so that you can give to the offering. Twice some seed. And he put it in the bucket. 
I remember someone else telling a story about how they were believing God for something, but they didn't have any money to sell, but they said, you know what? I can cook a pot of soup for somebody in need. And that was their seed. I'm not just talking about financial seed. I'm talking about you developing a habit where you are always sowing. Go with me to, let's go to second, well, actually, let's go to Galatians first, Galatians 6. Say, the earth shall yield its increase. So they're all types of seed for you to sow. Well, pastor, how do I know what seed I'm supposed to sow? No, generally, every Christian should sow. But what specific seed should I sow? Well, that's why you have the Holy Spirit. You ask him, sir, what should I sow? And I say, well, I'm going to sow my tithe. Well, your tithe is not a seed. There is no return off of the tithe. <gasps> it's not. What is the tithe? Your connection point to the blessing. It gives you tithers' rights. But there is no harvest off of the tithe. So quiet in this place. The tithe produces and increases you, but there's no harvest off of the tithe. The harvest comes from seed. And I said, well, what should I sow? Whatever the Spirit of God tells you to. You know, I'm sure once upon a time that the Lord may have told somebody that if you give $77 to 77 cents, you get a breakthrough in a harvest. I'm sure it could have happened to all the somebody out of the billions of people on the planet. But please, 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 don't just give an amount because it matches to a scripture or it has a whole bunch of sevens. What is the Holy Ghost telling you to give? You check in with him. Sir, what should I give? What would you have me to do? What would you have me to sow? Because remember, every believer is called to give, but the specific concerning your life, you'll get from the Holy Spirit who lives within you and rests upon you. He will tell you what to give. He'll tell you when to give. He'll tell you that's not enough. Don't look me at We've all been there. I've been there. Okay, I'll give. <clears throat> what? I gave. <clears throat> y'all not going to leave me up here by myself. Y'all know y'all been there too. Well, I remember years ago, I had just became pastor, and I knew the church was in need. So I gave a very large seed for me, large enough that once I had given it, they called me and said, we want to make sure that you, put, you, you meant all that. I was like, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> just, just process it. Just go now, please. Because sometimes, you know, when we used to have offering buckets pass away that you know, and if you see when you watch the bucket go by, <laughs> and you watch the bucket leave the room. <laughs> Galatians 5, Galatians 6, excuse me. Let him who is taught in the word share or communicate in all good things with him who teaches. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. So all the verse 6 lets you know he's talking about finances. 
Verse 7 opens it up even more. For whatever, say whatever. Come on, say whatever. A man sows that he will also reap. So now this is beyond just finances. Say beyond just finances. It says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption or ruin. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. When you sow according to the Word of God and following the leading of the Spirit of God, it opens you up to receive more than just finances. It opens you up to receive everything that's connected to life the way God has it. Can you see that here? It keeps going. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Because you can get tired doing the right thing. Anybody got tired doing right? It's like, I'm doing right. Everybody else is getting on my nerve. Look, I forgave them. They still act in a hot mess. God, when is it my turn? Don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season, or at the right time, the set time, we shall reap. One translation is if we do not faint. This translation here in New King James is if we do not lose hearts. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You can't get tired of sowing. You can't get tired of giving. Because there is seed time, and there is harvest, but sometimes there's some time in the middle. So like I talked about last week, a time from when the prophecy is uttered and a time for its fulfillment, there's some time in the middle. But in the middle, you must tend to where God has assigned you. Just like Adam was instructed to tend to the garden, you are to tend to where God has assigned you. You are to guard where God has assigned you because your authority is not random. Your authority is connected to your assignment. So while you wait for the harvest to come, you are to be, another word for it is, faithful, consistent, steadfast. Keep doing what you know to be doing until you see the harvest. So how long is that going to take? As long as it takes. But how I many once it shows up, you kind of forget how long it took. You just glad it showed up. So in the meantime, keep sowing. In the meantime, keep doing what is right. In the meantime, stay faithful. In the meantime, use your authority. In the meantime, walk in your dominion. And do not give up. Do not lose heart. If you listen to the wrong people, you will lose heart. If you listen to people, I always question, well, I don't know why you gave in the first place. I don't know why you served in the first place. I don't know why you helped that person out in the first place. I don't know. If you keep listening to that, you'll lose heart. And how many people have missed out on harvest a day too soon? 
They got so close, and they got tired. They regarded the clouds, so they did not reap. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. So go to chapter 9. Sowing should be the lifestyle of the believer. Generosity should be the lifestyle of the believer. Not just with finances, but in doing good works and doing what God has called us to do. It shouldn't be a moment, but it should be a lifestyle that we're continually sowing. Because if we're continually sowing, we'll continually reap. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Because another seed that you can sow is helping. It's volunteering. Serving. That's a seed that produces. Because what are you doing? You're helping. And so what happens when you need help? You have help. You might say, well, I need help. Well, who have you helped? Before we get to 2 Corinthians 11, let's go back up to Proverbs 11. Let's go back to Proverbs for a second. Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. Start with verse 24. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 24, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. And so there is a mentality that if I hold on to what I got, all my time, all my energy, all my money, all my skills, all my ability, if I hold it tight, I'll have enough. But Proverbs telling you, if you have that mentality, it will take you to poverty. But it says, there's one who scatters or sells yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right. So let me add some clarification to that. There are some things you are to withhold. There are some things you are to keep. There are some things you are not to give. But it says those who withhold more than what is right. Well, how do I know what's right for my life? Thank God you got the Holy Ghost. Because you know what some people do? They want the quick fix. I'm just going to copy what they did. Look at their life, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Why do I get the same results? God loves them more than me. No. They did what he said. You did what you saw. Instead of you taking time to pray, to read in the word, to pray in the Holy Ghost, to fast, to get before God, you decide, I want to skip that process and process such a major word and walking into your future. I'm going to skip the process and just copy what I saw. You'll get some results but not the same results. Because unless the Holy Ghost told you do exactly what they're doing, 
you'll miss it. You'll get some general blessings because what they're doing is generally part of it. But you'll miss out on stuff because you're not hearing from him for yourself. So I can't hear from him. Jesus said you can, so I choose to believe Jesus. I can't hear God. Jesus said you can. I believe Jesus over you. But are you taking time to listen? Come on, everybody's got your ear, but Jesus? Take time to hear from him. And however you hear from most frequent, make that the place you go to hear. It's where you release your faith. It's your point of contact. If you pray in the same spot every morning, you sit in the chair, and that's where you hear from God, then that's the spot I go to hear from God. Why? Because you've now programmed yourself to release your faith every time you sit down there. However you hear from God most frequently. You say, well, I hear from him while I drive. Well, go drive. Well, gas is expensive. Well, believe God for the gas money and get to driving. You need to figure out for your life how God deals with you because how God deals with you will never contradict the word of God. It'll be the specific place on your path of your call on your way. And the more you make use of that, the more you hear from him. But if you try to be somebody else, you miss it. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, there are people who say, well, I can't help somebody until I'm fully healed. Yeah. Yeah. You may never fully be healed. You say, well, I, I just can't do a lot. I, who said you had to do a lot? Do something. He says, well, I'm going through a rough time. I can't encourage a lot of people. Well, one text takes a few seconds. So something. Don't be the person who withholds everything. Because what happened? It'll lead you to poverty. So something. He said, well, the people I sow into, you know, they act a hot mess. Well, find an easy place to sow. Come on, the same person you see every time at church, they're always smiling. Encourage them. Don't look at me at that. You know there's some people like, oh, the people I'm around every day. Stop. Start the habit. Because once you start the habit in the easy place, it's easy to do it in the hard place. Because even though you see someone smiling all the time, you think, well, they don't need it. They may. But no one gives them the encouragement because they look like they're good. So encourage them. Tell them how much that smile blesses you every week. So I'm just so encouraged. Thank you for welcoming us to church the way you did. Thank you for greeting us the way you did. Understand this. It's about life in general. It's about relationships, about marriage relationships. It's just about life. A compliment unexpressed has little to no value. A compliment unexpressed has little to no value. So you thinking something good about somebody never telling them? Well, what good did it do them? And you sharing that waters them. And those who water will be watered themselves. What you sow, you will reap. 
On day one, you start with a place of harvest that somebody else sowed, and you'll get the benefit. But you need to start sowing as soon as you know to sow because there is a day two. There's a day 962. There's a day 1,000,005. There's another day coming. And so if you are not continually, continuously sowing, you do not have a strong expectation for your future, meaning you are not a person of hope and you may have switched into despair. If you are hopeful for your future, you sow. If you're full of despair and say, oh, bad things coming through, you're not going to sow. And you're going to withhold more than you should, and you're going to end up in some form of poverty. You have to have the hope that God has placed inside of you. You have to have a hope for your future. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good, not of evil, plans to give you an expected end. Another translation, the end that you would hope for. But the way you get to that end is walking down your path, living the way God has for you, answering the call upon your life, and sowing along the way. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians 9. Second Corinthians 9. Second Corinthians 9. You have to understand seeds keep producing. Seeds don't just produce one harvest, they produce multiple harvests. There are some things that you sow that will produce harvest not just for you, but for the generations after you. I know I'm walking in generational harvest. I know that for a fact. You know something that years ago, Brother Copeland talked me to say, I think I was 11 or 12. I went to hear him preach somewhere. And he said, begin to say that you are the captain of your inheritance. So that's what I began to say. I've been saying it for decades. I am the captain of my inheritance. Things that were denied to those who came before me, either because of ignorance or the wickedness of mankind, is restored to me in my lifetime. So there might have been some stuff that belonged to those who came before me. But they didn't know how to reap it. Or the wickedness of men, maybe in the form of systematic injustice or whatever form, kept it from getting to them. It still belongs to me because of my bloodline. And I'm not going to just leave it out there and say, it's coming to me. Because I'm the captain of my inheritance. But if you just run your mouth like the rest of the world, you'll miss it too. Well, things are so bad out there. Yeah, it is, but why do I need to say that every day? The earth shall yield its increase. I was listening to a financial podcast the other day, and I'm listening to it, and I said, it sounds, I think it's like the finance podcast something else. I said, it sounds like the conferences I would go to in the 90s when Dr. Leor Thompson and others would preach about a wealth transfer. And they're talking about wealth transfers. I'm like, I haven't heard that outside of church. Like, what? And they're talking about what's coming up, the largest wealth transfer in history. But if you keep talking that there's not enough, guess what? You ain't going to get it. Oh, there's not enough money out there. There's tons of money out there. Tons. 
whole bunch of it. Stop complaining about what someone bought Twitter for. You complain about that and you still don't have enough to put in your gas tank. Why are you criticizing somebody else and speaking negative about somebody else when you can be speaking positively and prophetically about your life? Join, join in with the complaining of the world. It will rob you every single time. You don't have to talk about stuff just because something happened. Who said you had to respond? Is it about your personal life? Why are you joining in? Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. That was connected to after he talked about sowing. So the same mentality, if you sow judgment, now what the judgment in context was unrighteous judgment. What is unrighteous judgment? Measuring by a faulty standard. And do you know what a faulty standard is? Your emotions. You know what a faulty standard was? Well, if it was me, I would have. You don't know what you would do. Have you been through that process before? Well, no, but I just know me. Look, do you know how many emotions you've been through in five minutes if you were hungry? You. Anybody else get hangry? Don't look at me like that. I know I got to keep preaching because some of you are about to get hangry right now. If you sow unrighteous judgment, guess what you will reap? Unrighteous judgment. So I don't know why people keep judging me, why people keep hating on me. Why do I have all these haters? Well, you sowed haterade and you reap hateration. I don't know why they cancel me. You sowed canceling and you got canceled. What you sow, you will reap. So, you know, sometimes it's just good to say, You know, I've also developed some words that if I have to reply, I have these safe words. And if you've been around me long enough, you've heard me say it. Interesting. And I leave it at that. Mm -mm. You have nothing else to say? Nope. Not a word. Nope, nope. And I'm going to keep moving right now. Nope. I'm not joining in on that. And one thing else I learned, I don't. Because there's more than one side to every story. There's their side, the other side, and there's the truth. So why would I join in when I've only heard one side? The book, the word of God tells you that's unwise. So why would I even join in and talk about it? Well, even if your tweets get an edit button, why would you need to tweet in the first place? Watch what you say. Loose lips sink ships. Second Corinthians 9, that's where we were. Verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, let each one of you give as he's made up his own mind and purpose in his own heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. A man of God said it this way, if you get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. In context, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, what is it talking about? It's talking about the church in Jerusalem has fallen on hard times because there's a famine. And Paul is going around to the different churches he planted and receiving offering to be a blessing to them. And so the church at Corinth, you know, just Corinthian style, is like, you know what? We're going to give the biggest offering ever. They started talking. We're going to give. We're going to give. And the way they talked stirred up and encouraged all the other churches. They said, if Corinth's in, we're in. So it was good. But guess what? They hadn't sent the offering yet. Ooh, y'all just staring on that one. People don't change. People, people, people are people. Look, that'll help you. People are people. Well, I don't like people. You is a people. People are people, even thousands of years ago. So they talked a big game, but they hadn't acted on it yet. So Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. So look, I'm going to come see you in a little bit. But some of the people in Macedonia, they may come with me, and they heard what you said, and it's going to be real awkward if I show up with y'all and y'all not gather nothing. So I sent people ahead of you. I sent Titus with his other crew ahead of you to remind you about what you said and the grace of giving, as Paul talks about it. He sent Titus with the responsibility. Here is your series until I get there. Talk to them every single Sunday, every time you gathered about giving. So it's like, I would have skipped. Yeah, mm -hmm. they would have found you. That's what Paul sent Titus to do. So, so that when we get there, we don't have to do any collecting. It is ready. So that now we're, all, we're not all embarrassed together. This is what he's talking about here. And then he adds this, what God loves. He takes pleasure in prices above other things. He's unwilling to abandon or to do without. A cheerful, joyous, prompt to do a giver whose heart is in his giving. Now notice what the next verse is, connected to the giving. Now we know it's in context financial here. But notice verse 8, and God is able to make all grace, say all. All. All of it. All of it. Do you know there's 21 different definitions of grace in the New Testament alone? 21. That's a lot of definitions. He said, all of it. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And what does this all do? That you always have all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. The Amplified Classic says it this way, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Notice this, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That is what all grace causes for your life. And notice how do they connect to that promise of grace? They're giving. 
that you're giving financially can connect you to the supernatural power that you need. Because one of the definitions of grace is favor. One of the definitions of grace is God's ability, his divine influence upon the heart. See, there are some things favor can do for you that no amount of money can do. There are doors favor can open that money cannot. See, there's favor that can work for you where people can have conversations about you. So by the time you walk in, so we were just talking about you. We need you in our corporation. Well, I remember hearing the story about how Oprah was discovered. She was a newscaster. But before she had her first big breakthrough movie role, the directors were talking about her for months. One director just happened to be in town, and they turned on the news, and they saw her, and they called the other director, and they were talking back and forth, back and forth. Before she knew it, people were planning good things for her future. Before she ever walked into the room, there are people who will have divine conversations about you before you even walk into the room. You say, well, I don't know everybody. Who says you got to know everybody? God knows everybody. He knows who he needs to talk to to get you to where you're supposed to be. And so in the process, you have to stay faithful to what God told you to so that when you show up, the door's open. When you show up, you're ready because if you don't, if you copy and paste, you won't be ready for the harvest. You won't be ready for the success. You won't be able to handle it. But if you go through the process and you get before God yourself, and you hear from him, and you build the way he tells you to build, when this huge door opens, you know how to respond. Because you've learned the lessons in the process. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, now pause, now, who is this who does this? God. He supplies for your food. What is this representing? What you need. Your daily nourishment. What you need, right? But he also gives you seed to sow. So he gives you both. He'll give you stuff for you to enjoy. But he'll also give you stuff for you to give away. Well, how do I know which is which? The Holy Ghost. Not, oh, it was a sob story, so I have to give. Oh, they made me feel really bad. I got to give. No, the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. And so get into this habit. I remember years ago, I was living in another state, and someone walked up and just blessed me. And so I'm praying about, okay, God, what should I use this for? And it's like, well, how should I do this? And there were a pair of shoes, these chucks that I wanted, and they had these characters on the side. I saw them, and I wanted them, but I just never brought myself to spend my own money to get them. And God said, go buy those chucks you've been wanting for months. Like, oh, cool. Another time it happened, he says, go buy that because you want that, but put the rest in missions. Done. Well, how did you know? I asked him, and he answered. There is stuff for you to withhold for you. Come on, 1 Timothy 6, 17. He gives you richly all things to enjoy, not all things to meet your needs. He'll give you stuff to enjoy, but he'll also give you stuff to give away. 
And the way you know the difference is not emotions. It's not somebody making you feel guilty. It's that you pause to listen on the inside. Sir, what should I do about this? Sir. And when he tells you, you say, yes, sir. And you do what he says. That's how you know what to withhold and what to release. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So notice, not only do we talk about that God is able to multiply your harvest, says he's able to multiply your seed sown. Notice that. Think about it, because we've read through this many times. He will multiply your seed sown. Pastor Kurt, minister David, help me with this. Help me with this. So Minister Dathan's going to be our sower. He's going to represent you guys. And so I just want you to walk across the stage and pretend that you're sowing, just sowing naturally into the ground. And then God sends an angel behind him to sow behind him. Then he sends another angel to keep multiplying what is sown. And so when you turn around to harvest, you see way more than you planted. Because the seed you sown was multiplied. Thank you, guys. You better reap. He said he'll multiply the seed you sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. We're talking about supernatural. We're talking about living above. Living no longer as mere mortals. And one of the ways you do it is through the wisdom of sowing. That you are always sowing. Always finding a way to be generous. Always finding a way to be a blessing. Always finding a way to help, others, help somebody else out. That is your lifestyle. Because then you will always run into harvest. It's like, I don't know why people just keep blessing you. Well... It's a principle. Do you know this principle works even for people who don't know God? There are people out there who just can't go broke. There are some billionaires who will never go broke. Why? They give a lot. They try to give away their money, and it keeps coming back. They may not even understand how the principle works, but they know they should be generous. They said, well, it's our calling. We would give it away, and then it keeps coming back. Stuff keeps working out for them. It's a principle. And it works. It's seed time and harvest. Go to Amos, chapter 9. Amos, chapter 9. Now, the scripture in Leviticus, I believe, is Leviticus 24, under the law. God was telling them that if they listened to him and followed him, that their grain harvest will last to their grape harvest, which would last until it's time to harvest grain again. And so through this whole time, they're sowing and reaping, but also through this whole time, they're never without. 
But then Amos chapter 9, verse 13 lets you know that there's something even greater available. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the shredder of grapes, him who sows seed. And the mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. Now, he's talking about something supernatural, that they're still harvesting. And the person says, it's time to sow again. But the sower is outpacing the reaper because it's so much. Let that sink in, because y'all went natural for a second. That by the time it comes for you to give again, you're still taking stuff in. I'm not telling you to go back to normal how you were before the pandemic. I'm telling you to go into the future God has for you. That you live supernaturally above. That what you have is not determined by the career that you have. Now, yes, you have a budget. Yes, you wisely manage what God has given you. Yes, you use the wisdom. He even tells you to budget in the book of Proverbs. But your lifestyle is not limited to your paycheck. Oh, just staring at me. He's like, what? You said budget. How's my, but what? Because God can have you work somewhere, and that's your assignment. But there could be something that you desire that's greater than what your assignment provides. And he didn't tell you to go in debt to get it. But all of a sudden, what you need comes into your hands. What you're believing for, someone walks up and says, oh, some reason I want to give to you. And it doesn't mean it's going to always come from Christians. There are some people who will bless you and not understand and bless you while they're cussing. I don't know, blankety-blank while I'm blankety-blank doing this with blankety-blank, take it, blankety-blank, and walk away. And you confuse, they confuse, but you know as soon as they're done walking away, well, glory to Jesus. Because the Scripture says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, and it finds its way to them eventually. So stop being mad at rich sinners. Stop being mad at the wealthy wicked. Ecclesiastes says it this way. God has given them a job and a ministry to heap up silver as a dust so God can give to those who are good in his sight. Stop being mad at them. They work for you. Just keep going. God bless you. Hallelujah. Man, you're doing good this year. That financial report was great. Stop hating on people. You just be faithful. You do what God has called you to do. You stick with your assignment. You follow the Holy Ghost and watch God prosper you. He has more than enough to prosper every single believer on this planet, no matter how many billions there are. He's got a way to do it, so I don't know how. It's not your job to figure it out. You put that mentality on being faithful and watch what God will do. I said, watch what God will do. It's not determined by the economy. 
is not determined by Wall Street. It's not determined by the ups and downs of life. It's not determined by Washington, D.C. or Moscow. It's determined. Because God already said he wants to do it. So now it's up to what are you going to do? Will you do what he told you to do? Or will you withhold more than he should? Will you invest in your future? Will you take time every single day this month to invest into your calling? Or will you be distracted? There will always be a reason for you not to sow. There will always be a reason for you not to be generous. There will always be a reason for you not to give. There will always be a reason for you not to work on your future. There will always be a reason. There will always be one. But what choice will you make this month? Because the whole reason I'm having you do it for a month is so you can start a habit. That you're always working towards what God has for you. You're always praying that Ephesians 1 prayer. You're always in the word of God. So that you keep going forward. Too many people are looking to the past and forget that God has a wonderful future for them. But if you're not continuously sowing, you have no strong expectation for your future. So one of the things I learned to do, you don't have to do it. I'm going to tell you this is something I do. Say something he does. Say, I don't have to do it. Because I'm not telling you to copy me in this area. This is something that has made sense to me. One of the ways I invest, you know, I invest through different apps on my phone. Now, I'm not telling you what apps I use, not because I don't want you to know, but because I don't want to seem like a pulpit endorsement for using this app, okay? And so there's certain apps that I do where it takes small amount every single week. A drip account, just small little bit, whether there's a dollar here or a dollar there. And after a while, it piles up. And so when I was putting all this in place, I said, well, why can't I give this way? So yes, I have my tithe and I have my offering and other stuff, but what if I can set up some drip giving accounts? Now, while I'm not realizing, I'm still giving. So I did. That was what God encouraged me to do. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to listen to the Holy Ghost about what he wants you to do. Because it may not be the same thing you've done. It may be something new. You have to follow the leading of the Spirit of God for yourself. He will never contradict the Word of God. He will never. Why? He wrote it. He remembers what he wrote. He didn't forget. We forget. He doesn't. He will never lead you contrary to the Word of God but he'll lead you on how to walk out that word in your everyday life. You want to set these habits so that your children can follow in these habits so that they keep reaping and you don't take the mentality to the next generation. Well, they got to start where I started. That's devilish. They should start higher. Why? Because you know better. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So there's an inheritance for the children, and there's one for the grandchildren. And then it adds the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just and finds the well eventually. That means you need to be a good steward of what God brings into your hands. And yes, being a good steward is using wisdom. It's budgeting, and it's always checking in with the Holy Ghost. 
what would you have me to do with this, sir? It's paying attention to what comes into your hand, what comes into your account. Because it's going to be hard to sow if you don't know what you got. It's hard to set up as a lifestyle if you don't know what's in your hands. So I'm encouraging you, not under compulsion, not where you feel guilty about it. You follow the Spirit of God. What is he telling you to do? One of the things I've learned to do, I sow into where I've been. I've sown into institutions and organizations and churches that have been a blessing to me. I may not be in that state anymore, but I still sow. Because why? They help me get to the place where I am now. But then I also sow into my future. One day I know there's some things that are required that's really expensive. I can't buy them now. But one day I'm going to need that. Well, somebody else is raising money for it. Well, I'm going to give towards them. So why? When I get to the place where I need it, there's already seed in the ground. There's already a harvest waiting for me. It's a lifestyle. It's a mentality. It's an understanding. I saw this lived out my entire life. I still remember one time my parents pulled me aside and they said, you know, we want to be a blessing to your children's minister. Have they been a blessing to you? I said, yes. They said, well, they've been teaching on giving the sanctuary and we want to be a nice blessing. So they pulled them aside and wrote them a check. This is what we were taught. And this is what we do. This was a lifestyle. I said, well, your parents said that because they were in the ministry. No, my parents, most of my life worked in corporate America. But I saw biblical principles lived out concerning how to sow, concerning how to use your authority in arenas that were outside of ministry settings. Because it's not limited to the church. Your results are not limited to the church house. Your results are connected to your path, where God has assigned you, where you are supposed to be, so that where he has you, when he blesses you, you become an example to the world. And they look at your life like, you know what, there's something different about them. And what is that? You tell them, this is what Jesus taught me to do. And if you do the same things, what he tells you to do, you'll get wonderful results as well. But this has to be a lifestyle, not just something you did once, but this is what you do continuously. The power is in consistency. That's why we have this challenge, to get you in the habit. That praying that Ephesians 1 prayer can keep opening your eyes. You can have understanding. Your eyes will be enlightened. That reading Proverbs, I do that regularly, maybe not every month, but I go back to Proverbs throughout the year. Because one of the things you understand, we may be able to talk about it this month, is that the wisdom of God is creative in nature. And one of the ways he describes it in Proverbs is a force. Invest in your calling. God has a future for you. And preparation has never lost time. Don't expect your future just to arrive and you did nothing for it. No. You have a part to play so that you are prepared when your time shows up. Don't look at someone else's future and judge your future by it. You follow the call of God upon your life.
Praise God. I'll cut it off here. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Oh, we thank you. 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 Oh, we thank you. Yes, we thank you, sir. If you have that tongue, go ahead and give it. Whoever has it, give it. You see, this is the way you live above. This is the way you live higher. For my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If you want to get the higher ways and get the higher results, then you need to be consistent in doing the higher things. And one of the higher things is being generous with your life. It's always checking in with me about how would I have you to do these certain things. Not always looking at all around you, but looking on the inside, what are your instructions for the day? What would I have you to do on that day? That is how you must start your day. Before you just jump out of bed and check your social media, before you jump out of bed and turn on the TV, before you do all those things, look on the inside for instructions for me, for I will lead you and guide you in the way you should go. I will teach you how to reap, and I'll show you what to sow. I will lead you down the path, and no matter what the future holds, you'll live above. No matter what inflation may do, you'll live above. No matter what recession awaits this nation, you'll live above. You'll continually and consistently live above that people will look at your life and wonder how in the world were you ready for such a turn of events. And you'll share with them the wisdom I've given you, and you'll give all the glory to me. So yes, there are things to come. Yes, there are things that are waiting in this nation, but don't you be worried about a thing. You just keep saying the earth shall yield his increase, and you give me all the glory. You give me all the honor. You give me all the praise. You'll keep a smile on your face, and you'll laugh because you say God has been faithful. He's proven himself time and time again again. He took care of me over here. He took care of me over there. And whoa, where did this harvest come from? Because you have forgotten about some of the things that you have sown, but I don't forget a seed sown. And I've been watching over to it because I watch over my word to perform it. So don't be worried. Don't be stressed, but go forward into the future I have for you. Walk as the supernatural people I've called you to be. For the time is short and there's work for you to do because the return of my son grows closer and closer every single day. So do what I have called you to do. Live the way I've called you to live, and you'll bring glory to me. You'll enjoy your life more thoroughly, and you'll see people rush into the kingdom of my glory.
You see, there is a flow for you to step into. It's a creative flow. It's a wisdom flow. It's a God idea flow. And it flows by you every morning when you awake. But will you step into it? Will you jump into it? Or will you jump into Instagram and get into that flow? Will you jump into Twitter and get into that flow? Will you jump into the news and get into that flow? And I'm not telling you those flows are bad and you shouldn't look into those things. But prioritize my flow. Jump into my flow first. Jump into my word first. Ask me what I have for you that day. And then it will enable you to put all those other flows in their proper place. That if you want to go into the future that I have for you, you're going to have to flow with me. And when you flow with me, some things that were once hard will become easy. Because now you're not doing it by yourself. You're doing it under the grace of God. The ability, the anointing that I've laid aside for you in this time, in this hour. Manifestations of my power. Yes, wonderful things in the church house, but manifestations of my power where I've assigned you to be. And the power that you manifest is not always a healing or a miracle sign to one of the ways you think explosive acts, but there'll be manifestations of wisdom, manifestations of divine innovation, manifestations that will unlock things for the corporation where you work, for where I've assigned you to be. It will take them forward and it will set them up to give me the glory. I've positioned you where you are for such a time as this. Don't be distracted, but take this time I've allotted you to go forward, to walk forward, to push forward, to press forward, and watch the wonderful things that will happen to you, says the Spirit of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 For those of you who may never experience that before, what is that? Going to 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, it's tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Given to encourage us given to build us up. That's one of the ways the Holy Spirit speaks to his church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Minister Nathan, come and help me up here, please. Ideas, concepts, and insights are in the flow. Ideas, concepts, and insights are in the flow. Are in the flow. The flow. Ideas, concepts, and insights. And insights are in the flow. Are in the flow. Ideas. Concepts and insights are in the flow. Ideas, 
concepts and insight are in the flow. I'll teach you which way you should go. I'll teach you which way, which way I want you to go. Because ideas, concepts, and insights are in the flow. Ideas, concepts, insights are in the flow. Let's do that again. Ideas, concepts, and insights are in the flow. Ideas, concepts, and insights are in the flow. I'll teach you which way to go. I'll teach you which way, which way to go. Because ideas, concepts, and insights. Ideas, concepts, and insights are in the flow. I'm going to teach you, show you, show you which way to go. So go with the flow. Sing that. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. show you some things. He'll teach you some things about what you need to know, about where you're concerned. So just stay in his flow. Go with his flow. Don't let distractions take you out of the flow and put you in the world's flow. You stay in his flow and watch what he'll do. Watch what he'll do for you. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.